0: What's going on? It's Howie Spangler, Tales from the Green Room, episode number 36. Woo! Getting up there, baby. Getting up there. Uh, thank you to uh, the supporters of the podcast. Really appreciate it. I got another one of, the, another one of those uh, fancy emails last week. Um, Tales from the Green Room podcast has another supporter. That's fucking awesome. Thank you so much. Um, if you want to learn about how to support the podcast, uh, go to talesfromgreenroom.com and hit the button that says support the podcast and you can pick 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 per month you can cancel anytime um, really it just goes to help me pay for like administration, administrative costs right administrative that's right uh, you know like website and things like that and uh, eventually one day if I get enough supporters it can you know just upgrade the gear you know i want to get better mics for for doing uh stuff while i'm on the road the mics i have right now are pretty pretty shitty so the quality's not that great so i don't i don't really like to do it when i'm on the road and i'm on the road for weeks at a time sometimes and uh it'd be nice to get one in here and there when i can and it's a great opportunity for me to chat with other bands on the road as well um so uh you know all that helps um so thank you very much to everybody that's already doing that and uh yeah uh thanks to everybody that came out to the real big fish shows had so much fun finished up last week uh with a couple of our own shows some headliners in uh stanhope jersey and uh, dc um both shows went really well thanks everybody that came out to those and now we're on a break which is rad um but I never take fucking breaks So here I am uh, Recording this episode I love doing this stuff So You know I just want to keep them Coming as much as I can uh, Hope to be Adding to the To the YouTube uh, Channel as well I've got the I'm starting to upload um, The Tales from the Green Room Episodes uh, To YouTube To the playlist there As well Over time um, So I'm, I, I One and two are up I'm hoping to and, and 34 and 35 are up So I'm hoping to like Close the gap now As we go Uh so yeah, look forward to that. Um, anything else going on? I don't know. Writing new music, which is great. I love when I get stoked about a song. Uh, I always have a lot going on, and it's, it's hard to like say uh, really focus, I guess. And so, and I get blocked a lot with songwriting. And so I started going through some old uh, folders from last year, stuff that I hadn't used, and found some really cool stuff that I'd forgotten about. So opened up a couple pro tool sessions and started messing around and throwing, throwing some lyrics down, some vocals and pretty stoked of what I'm getting so it's nice to get the juices flowing with that again and um, hoping to have some, some new music next year believe it or not I just, I just want to keep pu- putting out songs, putting out music I don't care if it's a record or a single or what um, I just have this vision of just always putting out music I don't know. I just think I feel like it's exciting every time, and I feel like our listeners appreciate it. You know, a week after we put the record out, someone like commented on one of the YouTube audio songs, like, "Hey, when's it, when when are you gonna put new music out? Love Detonate. When's the new album coming out?" I'm like, what are you talking about? We just put it out seven days ago. You know what I mean? While I really appreciate it, though, I appreciate that um, that you just want to hear more music. You know, but I'm not a machine. And not a machine. Today on the podcast, we've got Greg Shields, a good friend of mine. He sings and writes for the band Cashed Out from Orlando, Florida. Good dudes, done a lot of shows with them. Again, I've known Greg for almost a decade, um, written a lot of songs together, and uh, it was nice to finally chat with him. I'm surprised it took this long, but we had a good conversation. Talked a lot about songwriting, and when he, we took him on took him on Warped Tour with us to to sell our shit. Um, a lot of interesting stories. It was a good time. So, uh, give it up for Greg from Cashed Out. Greg Shields, what's going on, man?
1: Hey man, how are you? I'm great. I get to talk to you, I haven't talked to you in a while. I know, we don't talk enough.
0: No, we don't talk enough, that's for sure.
1: You don't, well, you don't call me anymore?
0: I mean, you're
1: really busy, man. You guys are always on the road.
0: Yeah, we're busy too. So, uh, Greg from Cashed Out, what's been going on, man?
1: We just played a show at House of Blues in Orlando. Go? Nice little hometown throwdown. It was great. It was with Bad Fish. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, those shows always are nuts in a good way. Yeah. So we are doing a few more dates with them. I've got some sessions in between. And uh, that's the deal.
0: Badfish is fun.
1: They're a ton of fun. There's, I love playing those shows because... You just know that, I mean, at least it's, that's the case for us, is that everybody's just always into it. It's, know, a,
0: you, it's a built-in crowd.
1: Yeah, it's, if you're there for Sublime's music, then in, in our experience, the people really like Cashed Out. So it's a good fit.
0: It's been that way for us, too. Uh, every time we play with them, it's, um, the crowds are usually pretty slamming. Um, it's like they're predisposed, like, to like the sound, you know.
1: Yeah, it's almost like cheating, <laughs> sort of. It's not. It's almost not fair. Um, but it's it's good for us, you know. And uh, we, I think we play other than actually Ballyhoo. I'd have to count because I think we played more shows with Badfish than anybody. <laughs> It's either it's either Badfish or Ballyhoo. Mm-hmm. One of the two.
0: We'll have to tally it up.
1: Yeah. Have an ongoing war. I'm down with that.
0: Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Um there's Ballyhoo no, fans
1: like cashed out too. That's they, nice.
0: They do, man. They do. I, I see it a lot on the uh on the Bally Hooligans page, on the fan page. Um you guys get up get brought up a lot.
1: That's good. Shout out to those hooligans.
0: They crush it. Yeah. Yeah, the um I saw someone recently put up a a post, uh, I guess a link to um to uh being easy. I was just like, man, ah. when these two guys get together. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true yeah. we've written some really good songs together.
1: We really have, man. I think we're got quite a few albums. Quite the duo. At this at this point. Thank you for having me involved in all that. Thanks for doing it throughout the years. Kind of, it really got my got me started and all that. I I wasn't even in the reggae scene at all. Not to not to generalize you guys as reggae. I know you're. (laughs) I know you're beyond that.
0: We're the most reggae band around. (laughs) We're the uh, we're the East Coast ambassadors of reggae music.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a that's a thing that um people definitely get. I don't want to say they get wrong about us. I just say that they uh they put us they put us in the category of being reggae and I've never thought of us as a reggae band. We've always been a rock band first that mm-hmm. like infuses reggae. I mean we, we we do it a lot, but I wouldn't say we're a reggae band, you know. Um I feel like you guys would be more of a reggae band than we would be.
1: We definitely we are uh we don't have as as much rock, we've been starting to throw it in in, in like the the outros of our set. Um, you but, guys swing your hair around and shit. Yeah, dude. There's there's one song where I I go nuts and I I make sure my hat falls off. Fuck yeah! And, uh, <laughs> it's the best. You know, it's it's good to rock out. That's what I grew all this hair out for. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> it's it's definitely. I mean, we're we're dropping uh, this new record that we're making is it's also got it's changing some direction a little bit. Uh, it's always going to have a hint of reggae, but uh, we're we're kind of collaborating with everybody. Speaking of which, if you want to get a get a song in, now's the time. <laughs> you know I do. Um, but we're uh. <clears throat> We've been doing a lot of collaboration. I don't know if I can say who yet, but... That's fine. We're, uh, we're writing with everybody.
0: That's great, I mean, man. So, um, like, writing or uh, writing and features, or...?
1: Um, we don't have any locked-in features yet, but we we'll are really been for them. Um, but mainly writing, actually. Just kind of getting in... The, you know how it is when, you know, you, you can only write so much in your own head and even with your own band and it takes another brain you know i'm always the other brain in in other sessions but you know i need something i need another another vocabulary basically when writing lyrics you know another sense of melody just another idea and and also the production you know the sound design and you know we have we have some songs now that have a little bit more hip hip hop in them collaborated with people on the west coast and it's got those elements to it so that's kind of cool very steezy little style and these and uh, sounds fun yeah yeah it's gonna be cool it's gonna be cool and your record um, is fire thanks man. the one you guys detonate that is uh, how's that doing is it doing good
0: yeah it's doing great I guess um, I haven't really uh, dug into like sales numbers and stuff, like. But the streaming— It's not important. <clears throat> yeah, it's really not that important. The streaming—we're we're coming up on a on a million streams for the record soon. Dang. For for the last little—it's been a little over a month now, and uh, it's pretty sick. I mean, it, it includes the the singles that we released a couple months before that. Uh, I don't want to go and Maryland summer, but altogether, man, it's it's pretty pretty cool to see people listening to the new stuff and we see it like all over the socials like people praising the different songs and things like that it's just it's a good feeling
1: that how did it go playing the new stuff on the Real Big Fish tour? great
0: like <clears throat> I've been saying it uh since the summer we changed up the set to be more um just be heavier with the more punk rock stuff back in the summer and uh since then the shows have just been more high energy and a lot more fun for us to play and it got even better as we approached the record release to start playing those songs we're playing right now we're playing half the album and we're working on playing the other half of the album as well uh for the next couple runs and it's just i don't know it's the more the fast stuff and like the heavier stuff is just way more fun to play for us. And I feel like <clears throat> I feel like we can really engage with the crowd a lot better um than before. So, it's just been a fun show.
1: I can around. imagine. I know how it is when you when you start you play a lot of slow I hate playing the slow songs in our set even because it it's just, you know, you want to stay hyped all the time. Yeah. And even even last night, you know, we had an hour set for a 45 minute would have been awesome. You know, I love playing for longer, but you know, you got your stronger tunes that you once they're out of the way, you start to you got to slow it down a little bit and it's really hard to keep the crowds um, engaged at that point. So I I know what you guys are going going through and it's it's cool to see you collaborate um even more with like with Nick joining the band now and all of his heavy influences and and you know Mike Stevie uh and their influences together I don't know if many other people could hear but I could hear it and it was it was nice for me to hear because I was in a band with those guys and it's like it just sounds like all my friends got together and made a band and they did that's pretty much what happened. Well, you guys were already a band, but you you brought my friends on board, and I like that.
0: Yeah, it was like a really easy situation with uh, with Mike. He's a great engineer, and um, he understands what I'm trying to get across in, in my from my head. And the songs were so simple this time around, where it was just like, um, there was no crazy like, "What do we do? What do we do?" Like, I, I don't know. I felt like once we got in there to do it, like we banged out the drums and everything. Like, for, I think the the session with Mike was like eight days, you know. Yeah, and it was done, and it was just it's that was part of the reason we, we went back to him was because um, we've worked with him several times before, and the Daydreams and Pineapple Grenades records, like just that we wanted to kind of capture that sound again because we knew the songs were going to be heavy like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And it reminded just, me of those days when you you guys came in and did when we were doing the pre-production for daydreams and pineapple grenade i think both times he came in with like 20 something songs and banged them all out in like a day uh for the pre-pro yeah and you guys are just rocking and it just went so smooth and it was he mike has a really good way of of running the session and uh that's why i, I also chose him for many years as my engineer and studio partner he's a really good really good
0: really good at what he does Uh, he's also great at um when you're doing guitar tracks he's always great at like between tastes going
1: tune tune yeah tune it up yeah tune it up (laughs) or telling you 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 suck and that you can't hide behind (laughs) the gain yeah (laughs) yeah but if you turn that gain down we can really hear what you're doing (laughs) and you could do it better
0: (laughs) exactly exactly
1: he's great for that yeah very, very good. His OCD is, is perfect for sessions.
0: It really is. It's, it's, his attention to details is, is really good. Um, so, yeah, if you're if you're in a band in the Florida area looking for a great engineer to uh, to record your stuff, man, hit him up, mikesteepey.com. He's a good dude. Um, so let's take it back. I want to take people back here because we just kind of jumped into this. So I want to say 2010, um, maybe... Even yeah, it was probably 2010 is when you and I met. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had just started working with our our manager, and he knew you guys, you and Mike, and you got you and Mike were working together at um I guess Sound Lounge was was it a thing yet in 2010?
1: It kind of was at that time. It wasn't. Um, it was just we, Mike and I had this band uh, that we were writing everything for uh, and it, I mean it was our band we were performing in it it was called Shut Up and Dance it was like a female fronted pop rock outfit I remember and we had been writing songs for I don't know a month straight um, our manager who was your manager at the time still is I guess and he's still my manager now um and he was like you guys you know because our band was like breaking up and uh, you know you know how that shit goes it's just
0: it's a mess one
1: yeah you know it's not easy to keep keep a machine like that together and uh more our manager had basically said you guys need to do this for other people uh you know and we're like well we don't know anybody Who's going to... Yeah, where are we going to find these people? You know, we don't have any... Uh, he's like, well, don't worry about that. And he eventually linked us up with you guys. And that really started... We, we had had the studio. I think at that point we had switched into... Because you remember it was in like this... Or no, I don't think you guys actually ever came to the spot at this point when we were recording. Because we had just... I think the only studio you'd come to was the the actual Sound Lounge, right? That was... Or did yeah. you come to the smaller spot? We had a we had a spot in a it was like an inside of a practice place. So there's all these bands practicing around us. And at the time, right before we had linked up with you guys, we were in just one room, we had all of our stuff in the one room, and then we shifted into these two rooms, and that was when shit got real because we started working on. I think it was uh, we like Mike like redid. Uh, a version of your song front porch mhm if i remember correctly and i remember somehow he managed to i think he took a piece of an instrumental that was also the same progression as the chorus so that i could sing to you an idea for the chorus but you guys had already released this song but we just didn't have any demos from you yeah it was so, basically
0: a way for you to like kind of show what you could do with a song yeah. Um, if given the chance and I remember when I heard it what you guys did to it I was like fuck I wish we didn't release this already <laughs> like cause I really liked what you did you added this hook to it and ever since then when, whenever I play that song or I hear that song um, I can't really listen to the original recording it's just oh god but um, when I li- when I listen to it I'm like fuck yeah I wish we would have done that that would have been cool like you you added a hook to it. There, there was kind of it was lacking in the in the big hooky chorus area, and um, you were able to piece it together, and then you just sang this this thing over it. And I was like, "Damn, I wish I could have could have done that."
1: <laughs> well, then you did, and then we came and um, so like after that, after the it was like, "Yeah, we're gonna do." Ballyhoo's new record I like guess after you guys agreed to to come we were like well we need a we need a better spot and that's when we got Sound Lounge and for what it was it was it was a really cool little hole in the wall it was great spot yeah and it served us well for those those records it uh, did a couple of Kai Vibe records and you know Stuff, but eventually, just the the overhead got crazy, and I had to I had to close the doors. And now you can do everything with an Apollo, and the Slate Digital stuff, and it's it's great. You're killing it with all that, with your with your rig right there, and the Kemper, and all that, all that stuff.
0: It's it's pretty much a it's a giant studio, like full fledged, like in this little compact. You know, it, it's it's amazing to me. We we just did uh, I did all the vocals for the new record right here, like with my daughter in my lap, you know, like singing into my my Slate ML1, and just it's it's amazing what you can do. The tones. I sat there when uh when Donald was doing the drums, um at Mike's, I brought my interfaces with me, and set up in his living room, and as Donald finished the tracks. Mike would throw them in the Dropbox. I would import them into my session and then just start laying guitars down, <laughs> like right there, and using the Kemper. And with the Kemper, it's amazing because we, we said it so many times at the session. We were just like, God damn, it used to take us an hour and a half just to find a tone, you know, with a guitar. And now you just hit a button, and it's, oh, that okay, no, that's not good. That's not good. Oh, yep, there it is. Cool. And you've got it, you know?
1: And then you can take that on the road with you without ever having the actual amp you can have somebody else's amp tone and then now that's your amp tone
0: <laughs> it's wild it's it's a great time to be alive as a musician um, just all the uh, the technology that that's at our fingertips now it's just, the costs have come down significantly you know you can make a record that sounds like a hundred grand in your basement
1: yeah you showed you showed me how to do a lot of that stuff, actually, and I bought that same slate microphone because of how well your vocals came out. Nice, <laughs> yeah. it's and killer, it's man. It's working great for me. I'm yeah. just having being a, I got to thank you. I know I I I just made a couple posts about it, but yeah, I never really get to like thank you. But you really did like coming coming through and doing that daydreams record and and walk away. Uh, was really has fed me <laughs> pretty <laughs> much so uh, I really do appreciate you guys having faith in in Mike and I and in even all these years keeping us involved uh, it's just it's been really good and it, like I said it introduced me to the reggae genre I really wasn't in it I was in a pop-rock band and you know get to, getting to learn about all my my now favorite bands and now even taking it a step further starting one of my own and now I get to tour with a lot of them and you guys. And it's just uh it's been a wild ride and I really appreciate you back in 2010 you know hooking me up with that opportunity.
0: Dude, we you know none of us knew how it was going to go and it was just we it felt right at the time. The the chemistry was there and like, you and I have, like, like it's I don't know how to explain it. Like, our writing styles are, like, different, but there's some sort of, like, fundamental thing about it, the way we approach a song, like, arrangement-wise and melody. Like, you have different melodies than I do, but th- it's just that fundamental idea of how a melody can be so much better than... Like if someone as a producer, like if someone if if I'm working with a band, and like say Brandon from Bump and Uglies, I had him in here, and we he would sing something, and it would hit me funny, you know, and I know you have this too, where it would just hits you weird, and you're like, I don't like that, like try, and you just you just it's like it takes a second, but like you dig through the rolodex in your head, your your melody rolodex, and you're like, you know, try this one, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it just it just takes the song. It just levels the song up even higher, and you know we have that same approach um it just seems to work when we work together
1: it's really balanced it's inspiring you know inspiring to you know even when you you know you flew me out to Sonic Ranch to work with Paul Leary
0: for the girls record
1: and yeah, and you know coming off of. Just hear. I hadn't heard. I'd heard some demos that you had sent, but I hadn't really got to hear anything. And just hearing like all the things that you had already come up with, and being like, "All right, we got like three days," <laughs> <laughs> and but that's I. I've learned to work. I mean, you guys are always under that kind of schedule. It's like, "All right, we got two weeks, and we got to have a record at the end of it." And you know, just working off of what you'd already had and and going, alright, if I stop his melody here, where does that send me? You know, where does that send send the melody? If, I, if it were to not go where he just went and went here instead and uh, just being able to do that and not even, you know, really like, I'm on that plane, I have no idea what I'm getting into. Uh, but it's always good. And it's always been a good vibe and, you know, even when we don't don't care for an idea, we can skip over that hurdle and move on to another one. Yeah. I know we wrote Ross Vader like three times. Oh, God.
0: Okay. Ross Vader, man. That song, I remember like I was freaking out during that session like towards the end. I was starting to lose my fucking mind. Like, I was coming
1: apart. <laughs> like, yeah, you and, did. And, I wasn't going to say that, but you said it. So. Yeah, no,
0: it's true. <laughs> I, was, I was unraveling in front of everyone and um, it was like I didn't know because the, the lyrics I'd written uh, for the song, the band just wasn't into it. And um, it just, oh my God, it just sent me over the edge. I just flipped out.
1: That's always the, the most, the first listen, you know, whether it's band or management, usually it's band. And when you can't win them over, it's, it's frustrating. It's yeah. important and vital to the process because they got to play it and they want to you always want to make them proud too because they got to get up there and stand behind it and you know when that's always the the struggle so i felt i felt your pain i definitely knew what you were going through and you know we got it out and actually i think at one point for that song in particular we got their input finally because i know they a lot of times they're they're good to tell you yes or no.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like this sucks. But there's never like a solution. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, well great. Well what the fuck do we do about it, you know? And uh yeah. yeah, so that kind of shit would piss me off. But um that that's really what made me mad about that that part of the session, you know. But like I remember just being like, Fuck it, you write it. You you write something. I was just so mad. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and I came up the next day, and you had you know had a melody, and you'd written these lyrics, and I was like, "All right." And I, I remember I like I had trouble like tracking them because it was like when it, the, the worst the worst thing the worst thing is trying to uh, is trying to come up with or, or no try to sing lyrics that are brand new as opposed to like having like been singing them in your head for months or whatever, like because. You just don't have control over the melody, and like you're because you're. It's it's better when you don't have to think about the lyrics when you just kind of let them roll, you know. And when I'm reading these lyrics that aren't mine, um, which was weird always. And trying to, you know, because I know there's a couple parts where like certain syllables will go a certain way, and like you're not sure how you're supposed to sing the the how how the rhythm of it is, the cadence, you know. And um, so
1: at the right time,
0: yeah, there were many like. There were many like, okay, do it again, you know. <clears throat> like, fuck, I can't get this, you know. Um, so that was a doing Ross Vader was definitely like um a, a rough part of the record for me. And uh I had no problem singing your lyrics. It's it's when it's just that when like the pressure was starting to weigh on me. For, it was like, the
1: last song on like the last day <laughs> and it it all had to be done and the last thing that you wanted to be doing was singing new lyrics i I totally understand that because i have to you know part of my job a lot of people don't know you know they hear producer but they don't know that's a very widely used term it is but in my production i'm a lyric and melody guy and so i'm constantly rewriting lyrics with artists and i have to um makes them do it like seventy two times before they hit their sweet spot in uh in, in the vocal take, you know, and that, and sometimes people get it a little sooner but like I have one artist at twenty. At at twenty that's when she if she does it twenty times, she's good. And then you you would never know that she didn't she didn't come up with that part four years ago, you know. <laughs> and it takes a little while and then the pressure was on and but i think i i think the fun part about that song in particular was because i got in the shower. i remember mm-hmm. i was like all right guys you're driving howie nuts <laughs> <laughs> and he, i was like you he's just saying yes or no i was like i'm gonna get in the shower and you guys write down all these things that you want you think this song should be about and When we get out, when I get out, we're gonna piece it together. And I was so shocked because I thought they were gonna keep playing video games, and and they didn't. They they, I came to a full sheet of paper, and all I had to do was glue it together. And so, I was that was really fun to like collaborate with the whole band. And I know we have in previous records, but not like that, not on the words. And it was it was really cool to to get their takes on, on the greed and corruption. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it
0: turned out great. It did. It turned out really great.
1: I love playing with you guys too.
0: Yeah, that's um that that's become like a like a fan favorite. Um and then of course the real big fish horn section, just those dudes crush, you know, and just made it, just took it over the top, it just went soaring, you know. Um Yeah. Yeah. Always a good process. I love those dudes. Those guys are great, man. Matt, Billy, John, amazing. <clears throat> yeah. um, so uh so yeah, so I remember um it was uh from that 2010. The first time was it, it was I think it was at, that bar in Daytona. Do you remember the name of that bar?
1: The ocean deck?
0: No, it wasn't ocean deck, it was um
1: Daytona? Yeah, it was like a biker bar or some shit. Yeah, it was the ocean deck.
0: No, it wasn't ocean deck. It was I specifically specifically remember we were like playing in the corner. And, like, Ocean Deck's got that horrible, like, nightmare load-in situation. Like, it, it wasn't yeah. it definitely wasn't that, yeah. <clears throat> and this place, it, I don't know if it was right on the beach or if it was a block over or something like that, but um, I can't remember the name of it. It was some bar. I can't – ah. But anyway, um, that's where I met you guys, and you took me to the car, and you showed me what you did with the front porch. And I was like, wow, that's really rad. I like that. And so – we went and did pre-production on two songs. We did "Sam Wrong" and "Last Night," and I still have the original rough pre-production versions of those songs. And it's so weird to hear oh, them. Wow. Yeah, it's it's so so weird <laughs> to hear them compared to the, what the record would be. And um, <clears throat> yeah, and I remember just feeling so good about it, you know. And I remember with "Last Night," um, I can't remember what I did exactly in the chorus. Then, and you were like, wait a second, try, try this. Like I was like, all right, and then I tried that. Cause and we add like a added like a lyric or two to kind of make the syllables line up. And I was like,
1: fuck, that's way better. You know. I think I remember you were trying to you were trying to go last night. Think I found enough for the last time. It, like, that's were, what it was. Yeah, it was like a little sooner and I just wanted to space it out so that you came in on that on that downbeat.
0: Yeah, and like adding that um <clears throat> hope it's for the last... it's just that whole like it's real like I don't know, R and B or something. I know, it's very cool right there when it dips down Bloody. and comes back like, dips down, and comes up. back up. Okay. Yeah. And that um, that was like that part for me changed the song. Like it just made it's it's so funny how that, that one little thing can really like Flip, how you feel about the song, and uh, it was just, yeah. I don't know, but that's just what I mean about it when it comes to like working with you. It's like I don't know, you're always my go-to guy. Um, you even did a, you threw me some lines on uh, the new record for two of the songs. Yeah, it was it Mind Over Matter and uh, Can't it very, very
1: short notice, but <laughs> it was.
0: We did a, we did a uh, like a FaceTime call or something.
1: Yeah. I remember you were like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to work on the new record. Uh, when you think? And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need them tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were. I was tripping because I had four songs left to finish with the vocals before. Like, it was supposed to be turned into Mike for mixing. And, like, we were on a super tight schedule because we were leaving for tour, like, the next day. It was, I think it was two days before I left for tour. And I had, so I had two nights to finish four songs, which, it's a lot, you know? Especially when you're not going to be able to touch it up and fix anything.
1: Yeah, those last days are are kind of nerve-wracking yeah. every time.
0: When you're down to the wire and you've still got four songs left to sing, oh, man.
1: When you have to call it done yeah. real soon, that, that looming, looming uh, nervousness.
0: It's this black cloud with these fucking... Big skeleton hands around your shoulders, like breathing hot fucking breath yeah, on your neck. They're not,
1: certainly not massaging, and
0: definitely not massaging. <laughs> like squeezing hard, feeling these bony knuckles on the nape of your neck. The hot breath of death, <laughs> like, yeah. like
1: this. This is it. This finish. is what you are going to be doing for the next finish. Year.
0: <laughs> Better be good. It better be fucking good, and yeah, that's like the worst. I, I'm such a like a, uh, I, I don't know, OCD about the songs, or perfectionist, or whatever it is. Like, I listen back thousands of times to these songs before, you know, I'm, I'm I print the vocal, you
1: know, yeah, a, and uh, even after I listen like a thousand more,
0: yeah, it's like, how's that arrangement? How you know what could I have done this, you know, <clears throat> um. It's definitely like th- this is probably the most satisfied I've been with the record. Um, because I-, I slaved over it for months and months and months. We it was, I think it was finally getting mixed in like July, um, end of July, so like I had like seven months to really um figure it out. But uh, there's only a couple little things that I wish I would I would have addressed or like done a little differently, but other than that, you know. I think it's, it turned out really great. And I, I definitely appreciate you coming through on the, on the FaceTime calls with me on those, those two songs.
1: <laughs> always. It's not always my preferred method, but I was happy to do it. And, uh, you know, I like to bounce. There's something about being in the room with somebody. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's weird doing We didn't have that luxury. Yeah. It. Yeah. So sort of um, like, yeah. Cause
0: like I've, in the past, like <clears throat> I've, had the laptop out and the acoustic guitar, and you just kind of hover around me like smoking
1: a joint. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, figuring it out. It, there's a video of that somewhere. There is, yeah. We're in this tiny little room at the sound lounge. That was my office, <laughs> and that was that was what we did. I called it it's Studio not, C. Yeah, it, that was a fancy name for it. It was a, <laughs> it was an old utility closet. Yeah, I'm just stuck and in the corner. Yeah, that was just where. I had to, you know, quickly come up with stuff and there's a lot of noise going on in the other rooms. So Yeah. But yeah, that was that's the method and you know what it it just it works. You know, I like to pace around and come up get inspired by the music and and just add to it. I kind of get to join your band for that time.
0: Yeah. You were definitely like the uh the fifth member. <laughs>
1: That sounds funny. <laughs> um, can, you, can you imagine if you had five dicks, dude? I was, uh, y- you know, somebody. I was, I was talking with Scott from Stick Figure, actually. <laughs> Speaking and, of five dicks, yeah. No, I'm going to get to why I wasn't. We weren't talking <laughs> about dicks at all. We were talking about um, how my vocal range and how I always come in on the high stuff and i never really explore the low range and i've i've never done that i i do i do it just for me it doesn't sound good and that's what i told him but then when i went home i started thinking about it and i was like but i have this high range oh, it just came out right there. <laughs> uh i have this high range and it's like saying if you had two dicks wouldn't you I mean, you'd use them both, right? (laughs) (laughs) You you wouldn't just not fuck with one of them. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, you definitely would. I mean, Yeah,
1: so five dicks, I can't imagine. I mean, you're on top of the world at that point.
0: Yeah, there's nothing could stop you.
1: It seems like a lot to weigh you down, though. Uh, Yeah.
0: Would it be like five times the, the... Would you still
1: have one sack of balls? Yeah.
0: It Would there be oh. enough to go around
1: yeah, would you have then have to have ten testicles?
0: <laughs> Just one giant sack of ten testicles?
1: yeah, it'd be like the <laughs> spiders, yeah <you know? laughs> <laughs> <Man. laughs> What the fuck is happening Oh. Um oh. I don't know. I mean, I'm smoking a joint now, so that's where that came from.
0: Hey, man, you know, somehow this relates to um, being a songwriter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what half the sessions are. Honestly, that's the best part of all my job. I'm usually pretty faded. Yeah. And uh, you are. You know, a lot of people partake, too. When you partake, you fall asleep. Yeah. So... I did,
0: yeah, <clears throat> on Daydreams. I wrote two songs. I was like, all right, let me hit the fucking vape. Hit the vape, wrote two songs, right? Because I was, like, blocked. I was like, cool, all right. Pineapple Grenade a couple of years later. All right, let me hit the vape again. Pass the fuck out
1: for two hours. Didn't, yeah, write, didn't I think write anything. Yeah, I went, I went to get food, and I came back, and you were, you were done. I was like, I thought we were going to write this verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: nothing happened. It was It was done. It was a waste yeah. of time. That's the best part too about um not having to pay block rates anymore. Yeah. Just get in there, set up the session for a fucking week or two weeks or whatever it is, whatever you can work out, and just be at the studio, live at the studio and and not be worried about, well, we gotta be out of here at five o'clock or anything like that. Like it's just it's and that was even better about being a Sonic Ranch in Texas, is like there's no hours there's no schedule it's just you just sort of you work it out with your producer and your engineer or whoever is working with you and the studio is there at all hours 24 hours yeah. a day whenever you feel like is your best time to get going and work if you want to work in the middle of the night you can do you can do that and um, that takes care of so much it's so huge right off the top like not being it takes concerned takes all attention away. Exactly, because you're like, "Oh fuck, I gotta be out of here," or "We gotta get in here tomorrow morning." Like it's just, um, and you're there, and you're living it, and you're just being
1: creative. That's what I, I gotta. I gotta plug this spot that I'm at right now, which is Orlando Band Camp, and they. That's what I come here to do. Is that I've been holding sessions here. Uh, and it's it's right on a lake and we just, I book bands for five days and it, I don't say, oh, we're going to get this many songs or this many hours or anything like that. I mean, we could, we might work till 5 a.m. and then wake, not wake up until noon and then we go get food and, we, you know, we make sure we're comfortable. It's at a comfortable pace, but then when we're working, the, it's flowing. There's, we're not concerned about oh if we finish this or not you know we're the, the goal is to get as many ideas out as we can and and sometimes we range from about a song a day to maybe uh, a really solid song within two or three days it just depends on the uh, what what's coming in but uh, it's a great way to work I've been doing it with uh, Nick my keyboard player or not my keyboard player our cashed out keyboard player i don't own him Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh Mm -hmm. he is really solid um at engineering and and whipping up these reggae beats or rhythms i guess as the kids say
0: yeah rhythms with a d
1: two d's yeah yeah and uh he's he's just a mastermind at that and the collaboration has been going really well so i've got a few bands that i've been working i think wait aren't you going out with propaganda yes uh we just worked with them oh right on and that went really well you'll have to hear those tunes good get them to show you
0: yeah i'm sure i'll hear
1: them um but that was uh the process has just been so smooth when you don't have to worry about the clock you know it's just it takes all the stress away and you just know that, like, if you don't finish, or, you know, maybe you like two out of the three songs, and maybe you're good with that, or maybe you want to have more songs and write them in the same fashion. Okay, book another week. It's not a big deal. We're right in the heart of think A lot of bands got to come through Orlando, so it's in a good location. When you're here, your family. I
0: love that. Orlando Band Camp? Is yeah. That, is that the place that killed our trailer or tried to kill our trailer?
1: Listen, you... You killed your own trailer. <laughs> <laughs> we, the gate has been harmless, and I pull my trailer in and out.
0: I don't understand day. how I was going. I was driving. Never stopped one time. I was driving, and the motherfucking gate started closing. And I was looking to the right at the time, because it was our trailer's like really wide, and it was pretty much the, the, the width of the driveway. And I was looking in the right mirror. I just glanced over, To make sure I I was good on that side and then boom! Like it was fucking crazy. So, you know, whatever.
1: But the moral uh, of the story is 14 feet trailer, it might be a little excessive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I don't, I'm not really sure. I wasn't there, but there is a nice reminder of that incident every time I pull in the gate.
0: Every time we fucked
1: that. Gate up, yeah. dude. I, I'm pretty sure the gate. I mean, what's that? How does people? You should see the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the no, gate, the, the trailer's pretty, pretty fucked. It's like
0: fucking holes and dent. Like, oh my God. Brand new. Not a brand new trailer, but, you know, it was still looking nice. <laughs> not anymore. That's all right, though. Yeah. That's all right. I, I don't hold a grudge. It's fine. I just wanted to make sure that was the yeah. right
1: place. Well, if you want to come back and fix the gate, we won't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's going to stay, but you should still come back. You guys came through when I wasn't here.
0: No, I, and I would like to be there when, you know, when it's not three in the morning. And it's like, I would like to get there and like, because it was like after a show, we just wanted to go to sleep, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Which it also, bins can do, too. It's, it serves as a... It's a big spot. Yeah, there, we have a room with like, or a couple of rooms with... Nine beds in them, and uh, there's plenty of room. Usually, plenty of parking, and you just got to go through the, the gate a little quicker than how he does. All right, whatever. Uh,
0: <laughs> <clears throat> so, I think people need to know about your hustling skills, dude. I think it's a lesser-known thing about you. Um, you know, people know you write good songs, you know, you're a good singer, and you produce a lot of bands, um, but they don't know. Greg the Hustler. Like, I know Greg the Hustler.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, exactly. We brought you on Warp Tour the first time, both times, um, 2012 and 2016, and um, had you selling Daydream CDs that summer to people that never heard of the band before. What, tell, tell people how you do this.
1: Uh, well, I have a few different Phrases and methods. <laughs> uh, uh, well, the one year we had... The first year we had CDs. Uh, and this is when, like, you know, CDs are not... They're on their way out. Right. And everybody says, uh, Oh, well, I'll just get it on YouTube. And, you know, Warped Tour was not like a big reggae market. No. Uh, it was more for... I think what was it like? Sleeping with Sirens was huge at the time. Yeah, I day to remember post-hardcore and metal. Yeah, Uh, and so I have, you know, I have to make people want it. Uh, So I, I would do anything from go up to people and say, "Hey, you guys like corn on the cob?" (laughs) And they're like, "Yeah." Like, what about string teas? The little kind with the the two two kinds of cheese and twists around or i get sure you love string cheese I'm like well this doesn't have anything to do with that but how about you check out the cd <laughs> and uh that would work you know <laughs> um and uh amazing yeah you know it's really just coming up with and at, at that point you know we're there at worked towards it's like all day you started I was supposed to start at like nine AM if I could wake up that early. Uh and <laughs> that's like and you're out there till what? Something. They don't start breaking down till like 8 at least six. Nine yeah, PM
0: Go hit and, that line, that mur- that uh that the line out front at the gate.
1: Yeah. And there's all kinds of hustlers out there too. You know, everybody's got Yeah, you're competing like, for sure. Yeah. It's kind of like being homeless, but with a hustle. You're homeless, and you have a home, and most of us do. And, um, but you know, you're kind of like you're asking a lot of people, or at least that's how they make it seem. So you have to, you have to target. It's like targeting people with certain shirts on. You know, if I know, if I see they got a a sublime shirt. On then, that they probably got a hot topic when their girlfriend got the a Day to Remember shirt. Then I'm gonna approach that guy because he was at the you know, Daydreams was a little more on the reggae side, it was it had a lot of rock in it, but there was some the songs that I was playing at the time. Remember, I had that that cart the, with a the fucking speaker? hot rod, dude. Yeah, it was like a hand truck with a generator on it. So that we had a portable speaker that we could power and I was pushing that thing around on no the rocks, rocks and the on gravel. The <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh I would put on uh I think we did it was walk away and uh oh what's the what's the acoustic one that is evading me right now? Um On Daydreams? Yeah. It was more acoustic.
0: acoustic. Uh, um, uh, uh, fucking.
1: Jesus Christ! It was a single. It was a single. Wait. It wasn't fully acoustic, but it had that vibe. Either way, I don't know.
0: Why can't I we made
1: it? It's a. I don't know. It's like a big song too. It's like <laughs> big song. Uh Sam wrong. Sam wrong, yes. Yeah. The
0: acoustic guitar is in that song, yes.
1: That's on that album, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I would be blasting those. And, you know, you just got to come up with different catchphrases and try to make people laugh. That's pretty much the only way to sell CDs these days. So you get them, or you got to slay it at a show, but you guys only had 20 minutes to do that. And... That was the only times I didn't have to say anything. I just hold up that sign. It said Ballyhoo Music here.
0: Yeah, we have made those giant signs with the broom handles. Like a yeah. big fucking uh not poster board, but a presentation board, I guess. The, like a little It's like a It's like know, thinner than half, thick, half board. inch thick or something like that. It's yeah. like yeah, yeah, so we put those together and on have both sides like written in marker like big pictures and like big font like that I would draw like yeah, it's like you gotta, you have to really be out, out of the box and, and really work it. And, you, you you know, it's funny you mentioned earlier how um, you say that Daydreams has actually helped, like, feed you and pay some bills and stuff over the years. Well, I mean, you worked for it. Like, that record, we sold a lot of records that, that summer, and uh, partly because of you, you know, going out there and just crushing it, you know. And so, I mean, I remember you... God, I mean, some days you'd bring bring us like six hundred bucks, you know, to add to the merch money. Yeah, you know,
1: it was like seventy CDs or something in it. Yeah, in a day,
0: something ridiculous, and um, yeah. it was fucking great. And being on Warped Tour, and you know, we weren't making a, a lot of money on the show that year, so any and all money was just like. Fucking great <laughs> to add on it's top. You know? yeah. It's expensive to tour like that, and um, yeah. What was the one thing you used to say to people? Uh, it, oh, what was it? you Hey man, do you, oh, fuck. What was it?
1: Well, there's a lot of them. I think the one you always liked was the. Uh, I was like, "Hey man, you wanna you wanna check out the CD?" And they're like, "No, nah, I'm good." Like what are you good at? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not checking out CDs, <laughs> dude. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's fucking perfect, man. It's it's perfect. Any band yeah, would be lucky to have <laughs> would be lucky to have you out there, uh, hustling their shit for them. So it's insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys. I don't do that anymore, for, unless it's for my own. Um, for but, your own uh, gain, right? <laughs> yeah, you guys got a. You guys got some good hustle out of me, I was just proud of the record, you know. And I wanted—I knew that people weren't gonna hear it unless we put it in their hands. And I—I I was a huge fan of warp tour, and just because I knew. Actually, I didn't, you know, I didn't invent that hustle. It was, uh, it wasn't invented, but it uh, Mayday Parade actually inspired me to do that. I had I had gone on a few warp tours before, and I didn't—I couldn't even get in. I was just singing acoustic to people, to their cars as they would leap. And uh, we were, I had did that in a, with Nick um, from your band, Nick Lucera.
0: You guys used to roll uh, around in an ambulance, right?
1: It was an old ambulance that I was living in. And um, we were like, that was the ticket. Because I, I knew that Mayday Parade had sold, I think it was like 10,000 copies. And they had a whole van full of people. And a trailer full of CDs in their label. Uh, so I, mean, I didn't have that luxury. I think I, I remember actually Mike Stevie was pissed because he barely, I don't even think he made his investment back. He invested to print, I think we had 500 copies of our CDs. And we sold every last one of them, but it wasn't all warped to It'd be like at gas stations and whatever just to get the, the money to, to get to the next thing. That ambulance had a huge fuel problem it was all clogged in the gas tank and we had we would go like 500 feet and i had to switch the gas tank over it had two gas tanks and you have to switch it over every like 500 feet or so jesus really (laughs) yeah we could only go like 55 miles an hour oh man 500 feet so, i i feel Jesus like that, i mean i didn't have a tape measure but you know, <laughs> if that's what it felt like so just, you, you just, you just got go your hand on, it
0: on the knob you're just flipping like every fucking yeah minute. it was a little
1: toggle switch that, that had been put in there and uh it was you know it was it was rough nick nick slept through most of it but um, <laughs> nick sleeping nah Yeah, I didn't know how he did it. There wasn't any AC in there. Nick's a sleeper. Yeah, he just, he slept through most of it. But we had, I mean, we, everything from getting robbed to, um, you know, blowing tires and just meeting random people who had radio stations and all kinds of, Mm -hmm. we could make a movie off of that trek, But that was where it came from, I was just inspired by it. I wanted to sell ten thousand copies even though I had five hundred. <laughs> and uh we I did that and so to come on the warp tour with with you guys and actually have that laminate and like get fed every day was just like I was in hog heaven. <laughs> I could I could the selling was the easy part.
0: You were part yeah. of it.
1: <laughs> it was uh it was cool to be just to see that machine and like see what was behind those gates and it's really not much, but like to, you want to see it, you know, and to be around all those tour buses and, you know, hopes and dreams. And it's just was, it was cool. And I wish that the kids at Warp Tour would have bought more CDs, but uh, it shaped the hustle that I have today. We still go out. I take that warp Tour hustle to, You know, Reggae Rise Up, Cali Roots, and all the, you know, One Love all over the country. And there's not a lot of bands doing it. and not a lot of bands willing to get out there and hold up a sign and say, Hey, look at me. We're over here. Come meet us. That's so
0: true, man. I think uh, a lot of bands, they either don't think to do it or they think they're above it. And um, it's it's just not the right mindset to have. Um, You know, we still go out to the merch table every night there have definitely been some nights where I don't go out because I'm just not in the right headspace. Like, I'm angry about something or maybe I
1: am yeah. about
0: the show or whatever. And sometimes, like, especially, like, local shows, like, we have family, a ton of family and friends that are always out, like, to those local shows around the Baltimore area. And like, it's just insane, you know, the insanity. Um, but for the most part, we go to the merch table every night and make sure that we're meeting the people that are buying the tickets and, and listening to the music and spreading the word. You know, it's like, it's the least we can do um because we i wouldn't be standing there without them you know and uh yeah. and you're one of those guys too where you know what's up and y- you know why these you know you know why your music is doing anything you know it's not it's it's one thing to have good songs but if nobody's fucking listening to them or coming to your shows then you know nothing's going to happen <laughs> with that
1: yeah it's it's really about just I I gotta say I got really really lucky with the guys in my band uh, because they're all they saw like the the Warp Tour hustle and they I mean hell they let me go on Warp Tour without like quitting. That was really nice <laughs> you know, of them. they are like you're gonna leave us for two months? <laughs> <laughs> like we've just been working and slaying like all these shows and like and I was like yeah but you know. Pepper's gonna be there, maybe I could talk to him.
0: And look what and, happened.
1: Yeah, it, it happened. You developed
0: and, a law records deal.
1: Yeah. That was uh that was a plan well like thought out. Um I have a hilarious story about that. Uh When have yeah, I told you about that when Kaleo uh pretty much shot me down? <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> no. I was like, he didn't mean it. I mean, he he just I, I'd seen him. I knew that like, because Pep, Pepper left halfway through the tour, if you remember, mm-hmm. um, they only did one month, and it was like three days left, and I hadn't got my pitch in yet. I had talked to Assad like in passing, um, and like, he was out there hustling. He was putting putting flyers on the porta potties and stuff, and like I didn't want to bother him, so. I saw that they were doing a meet and greet at the tent or whatever and that the line was like, you know, maybe 10 more people. And I was like, I could just wait till the end of the line and I'll I'll get there and I'll show, give them my pitch. And this is my moment. And I looked at my phone and I had like 3% battery life. And I'm like, I got to run back to the bus and I'm going to charge this phone for like five minutes. This line will be done. I'm going to run back here. And I'm gonna play it for him. And this is this is it. This is it. And I just got all pumped up, all pumped up and I charge the phone and I rushed back and there's one guy left and I'm like, Yes And I get there and I and Yasad is talking to somebody, Brett's talking to somebody, so there's Cleo and I said, Cleo, this is like look, this is the second time I've done this warp tour but like really this is the reason I'm, I'm here. Like I'm trying to get signed to your label. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is why I'm here for two months. And like, you know, I love value guys, but like, this is I'm, I have some benefit here. I didn't worry it like that, but you know, it was, it was very desperate sounding. And he puts his hand on my shoulder. He smiles at me. He you know, goes, and he goes, not now. <laughs> I, 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 was like, I was so like you want know, to talk about the wind out of my sails. <laughs> I was like wah, wah. And I, Yeah, and I and I walked back with my head low and I ran into Ed from Real Big Fish. And he's like, Dude, what's what's wrong? And I was like, Dude, I I think I blew it, like this was not the way this was supposed to go and oh, like, I thought that was the moment. And then I learned that at a meet and greet is not the time, and and I almost was like arguing with Kaleo. I was like, "But you guys are leaving, and this is, you know, I'm not going to see you for God knows when. Like, how is, how is there no better time?" And he's like, he's like, "I'm I'm going to listen to it." And so it's their last show. He sees me backstage, and he goes, "I'm going to hear that song." And I was like, "Oh yeah, sorry, fine, woo." <laughs> and uh, they play their set. And I go walk around and I see him like about to get in a taxi or whatever. And I'm like, all right, this is it. So I go and I, I, just, I said, are you ready? And he goes, all right, what am I listening to? And as soon as I said, this is my band, he was like, I, I, "He's like, I'm about to get on a plane. You really want to listen to it? You really want me to hear it? Just email it to me. And I email it to him and I still never got a response to this day. <laughs> I love you, Kaleo. I know you love me, but that, that was how that happened and, and it really and I, I ended up just bonding with Y in in your guys' back lounge one day and and uh now everybody's gonna bombard Yesad, but that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's great. You know, I was I I had to end with your record a little bit and and he was the guy who really like listen to it first and he brought it back to the guys and i'm sure Cleo finally heard it and loved it yeah for um, sure i i would hope either that or he's just really good at faking it no
0: nah, no doubt no doubt he's a uh, clay <clears throat> a good dude they're all good dudes yeah man.
1: super good dudes super good dudes i'm i'm so grateful for the pepper camp and less than jake too because they were the, actually the ones who offered us the, our first tour
0: oh killer man
1: yeah it was they happened to be going on tour with pepper And everything just fell into place. Oh,
0: that's right. You guys did that. I forgot about that. That was uh, winter 2017?
1: It was. It was. It was our first nationwide tour. And it was, we had, so I'd gone from the Warp Tour Hustle. And it was like a week later, we played Less Than Jake's. The Wake um, and Bake. Wake and Bake. And we're out there. And it's like a Sunday night um, that we, went up to Gainesville to hustle the tickets. We would go out on the street and just sell them to anybody. And, um, you know, and that's what I was saying. My band is, like, super down. Like, after the Warped Tour thing, they're like, oh, the plan actually worked? Like, let's keep hustling. And they did. And, and like, one time Joey pops out of – he goes into uh, walking along the beach in Daytona, he sells, like, 12 tickets at one time and just – he was inspired. And so then we go up to Gainesville. It's like a ghost town. And the only people in the town happened to be, I think it was Brian. There, is that, That's their stage guy, right? Brian Maiden. Yeah. And um, comes out of this bar and sees us with this sign. And it was like, he'd just seen me all summer <laughs> with your sign. And so he sees the sign and says, listen, Jake tickets and come, comes out and snaps a photo. And then we play the show. And they offered, they're like, have you ever toured with Pepper? We're about to go out with them. And I'm like, please, please send that, like, tell them that's what you want to do. And it was just a perfect timing because, like, the deal was on the table. That's great. It just everything, that was how I knew, like, it's just from, you know, from the Daydreams record to all the other records to getting out there and hustling. And it was just, it shaped where I am today. And I'm still on that grind. You know, I'm not, I'm nowhere, I'm not like balling or anything, but uh, still on that hustle and still grateful for every show we get to play. And all the shows, you know, you guys took us out on tour. I remember I made that part of the deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. And I'm, I'm glad you came through with that. Of and it was a great tour. It was fun. Um, that was uh, with the hold up, right? With the hold up. Last summer, yeah. And we tour. got to meet a lot of yeah, we got to meet a lot of people that we didn't even know, you know, we didn't know we had people in New York and you know, a lot of Ballyhoo fans and You guys had some fans, just, man. It's just been awesome.
0: It's been uh, really nice to see um <clears throat> the uh to see the rise of cashed out over the last, you know, two years. Um just from from that first record that came out and then it was, it was like, like uh, I, you know, well, you did your EP. It was like six songs or something like that.
1: Yeah, it was like five, I think.
0: Yeah, um, and then working on that, the the hookup, and ha- me, <laughs> you and I did the um, did my verse in uh, that hotel in Arizona when we had day, a day yeah. off. Warped Tour. I remember that. And it was so hot, we had to turn off the air conditioning. Um, you know, to record. And uh, it was like 118 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was starting uh, to get hot was, and sticky in there.
1: I remember I I brought the microphone in hopes that we would get that feature. I knew we wanted to do it, but we didn't have like anything written, really. Your C12. And yeah, and uh, that was a. Uh, it was just awesome that we. It was kind of like the the same tension, not tension, but. Um, pressure yeah well the pressure to get it done and then also like the same thing when I was trying to get Pepper to listen to the record and I was also trying to get you to do that feature because it's hard to find time when we're on Warped Tour and you know there's no quiet places and so that was like alright we have a day off let's do this and it was like I had a I, I don't know you probably didn't feel it but I, <laughs> it was a lot built up for that for me no I, so i'm glad it came
0: out i'm glad it, we finally got to do it it was nice like to finally find a quiet space and i guess the guys were out getting food or something it was like early afternoon i think when we did it and it was just you and i in the room so it was like perfect right, we, we might have an hour to like get this done yeah and uh that's about all it took was about an hour just kind of writing throwing throwing ideas back and forth and and then we had the c12 right there and i think i we Did we use your Apollo, or maybe we use my focus or something but like it it was crazy, man It's just just another example of um technology and having it right there and just being able to do i mean it sounds great like when you listen to the song like it sounds great you wouldn't you wouldn't know that we did it in a hotel room in Arizona, you know it just sounds yeah. like we did it at a studio or something it's it's wild to me
1: i, I i'm honestly it's like I can do my job out of you know, sick spots like this, you know, any Airbnb or uh, you know, right here on the lake at Orlando Bandcamp. It's 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 uh, amazing. I've had more sessions. I remember commenting on something. I've, I've actually had more sessions since closing the doors to my studio uh, than, than I ever had before. Just, wow. just from being able to just do it right now as we speak. Um there I have a vocal booth set up in Jackson's closet. <laughs> <laughs> and no
0: better place, just, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, we're I'm building a, a new studio room here in the um in a garage here. It's going to be cool. It's got a little lake access as well and so in between I don't have anywhere To record at the moment so I can set up at Jackson's I can set up in a a hotel room if we need to it's just going to be a little warm but Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, it's just amazing to have those tools and to have all the all the gear that they have at Sonic Ranch I just have a digital version on my laptop Um, there's nothing like recording into those boards but um, you know to get the ideas out and you know get to that mixing stage it's, it's so cool to be... To, it all fits in a box.
0: It's so wild. Yeah, yeah, just being able to do all that, anything you want, throw down an idea. Like, <clears throat> I used to have to, like... When I lived in my old apartment, um, when we only had my son, we had to move when my daughter came along because there wasn't, wasn't enough bedrooms, not enough space, you know? And <clears throat> so there was no extra room for me to do, like, have a a setup. So whenever I had an idea and I wanted to actually... You know, I can always go into my voice memos, you know, my voice notes on my phone. But, I you know, I like to have some quality and like really kind of flesh it out and see, you know, I just I want to hear the end result pretty quickly. I'm all about instant gratification. And <clears throat> I used to have to go and set up in the closet, you know, again, great place because there's clothes hanging up. It's a pretty, pretty dead room. Um but then I got to get the cables down. I got to hook it all up. And then I had no idea what I was doing. So I was, I'd spend an hour and a half troubleshooting you know, every single time because I, I just didn't remember how to, I couldn't retain information on how to like properly gain stage and do, you know, do all the things you got to do and wonder why I can't hear myself and all this bullshit. And by the end of it, I didn't feel like doing it anymore. you know. Um, whereas now I've got this space and I've got everything set up and I literally just fire up the Mac, flip on my interfaces and my mic throw my headphones on and just load a session and go like there's no you know what i'm saying like everything's already set up and that's like the, yeah. the, the best part and it's so you know it for what it is it's a i take up a pretty small space down here and against the wall and just sort of like i got my own little control center and it's just amazing to me there's no i don't have a ton of outboard gear and like not that i, I could even afford all that shit it's just insane that you have it all right yeah. here in this little box, like you said. And
1: just up. like that, you have a podcast.
0: And I've got a podcast, yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, there's even simpler ways I could do the podcast. I just choose to do it this way because I have the gear, you know. Um yeah. When I'm when I'm on the road, I got to get a better mic for the road. I'm actually I'm looking up. Uh, I'm looking at the SM7B right now for a mobile podcast because the one I'm using right now is like it's just like a fucking Beta 58. It just sounds awful. Uh, I need something. The SM7B,
1: like, 7B, you can't go wrong, especially for the price. It's It's a
0: great mic. Yeah, it's a good mic. It has, um, it's got the built-in, built-in pop screen, and it's also, um, like, shock-mounted all inside, so, like, it's just one piece, so you can just hold it up to your face, right up to your lips, and just talk, and it just sounds great. Yeah. So that's that's... definitely the next purchase. I want to get two of them. That's the problem. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're fucking expensive. They're, like, $400 microphone.
1: Well in the microphone world it's not real expensive.
0: It's not that expensive. No, definitely. But when you have you know no budget, it's like fuck.
1: Yeah. You know. Getting two is hard to justify.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you're spending almost a thousand dollars. And then it's like they want you to get they want you to get that cloud lifter too, because it has pretty low output. Um mm. so if, if you don't have like a good preamp, um you need this little cloud lifter thing and it adds like up to a plus twenty-five dB or something like that to get the really push it out. Um, but I think with the, I have the Scarlet 6i6 um by Focusrite, a little red box, and that has really good preamps on it. So I figured you just crank that and it should be fine.
1: Well, you seem to be doing holding it down, you know? Yeah, it's all, all the demos you sent me sound great, and the podcast always sounds good.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm always trying to make it sound better, and I'm always I'm always watching like YouTube. Tutorials about compression and like mix bus stuff, and just, just little subtle ways, things that I can do to just make things sound better, you know. And eventually I'll learn all this shit, but <laughs> you know.
1: That's that's the way the world now is YouTube. So. It is, man. It is. And
0: lynda.com, anybody? L Y N D A. L L-Y-N-D-A, Y N. Yeah, lynda.com, lynda.com. Dude, you can learn anything on that website like dude i sat there for i got a three week free trial back in like at the end of like 2014 i think and i signed up and just three weeks solid dude just all day all night would watch core i would take entire courses about compression and eq and pro tools and like how to like how to do all this stuff and i learned a lot i was actually able to learn a lot and so over, over, like the, over that winter into 2015 is where I learned most of the stuff that I know now, and then I've just been building on top of that.
1: I remember that because there was a lot more demos coming out of you.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, crazy. Well,
1: actually, nowadays it's
0: like, um, you know, it's, it's weird. Like I have all these different interests, and the band is priority, um, but then I take that under the umbrella of like songwriting. I'm always writing. But then I always like, I like making videos, I'm doing this YouTube channel, I'm like, I like making the podcast, so my time is starting to get, like, divided a little bit, um, but it's it's mostly because I just feel blocked a lot of the time, like, I, I kind of get stuck in my own head lyrically, and I don't write near as many lyrics as I used to, you know? It's like, I'll have melodies and riffs and stuff for days, but... When it comes to lyrics, that's where I get caught up, and that's when I call you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> help, oh, I'm always, help. I'm me. always here for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's that's fine. It, it's always um, interesting because you'll be like, "Yeah, I got this verse and this bridge, but we need a chorus, or I have a half a chorus and I need the other half, and it's." It's cool to kind of jump in where where you left off. It gives a song a certain kind of dynamic.
0: Yeah, it does. It's when you work with other songwriters. It's uh, it's I think I think everybody who writes songs should be open to this. Is you know because I, I used to be really territorial about my writing. I was like, no, no, no outside influences. This is my vision. Ah, you know, um, but when your back's against the wall, and you sort of painted yourself into a corner. You know, it's like maybe it's time to open up a little bit, and that's what I did with you years ago. And the idea of working with you or, or some other songwriter, it just—I don't know—it is cool. You can you bounce ideas, and you don't have to use every idea. If there's something you don't like, I mean, I've, many times I've told you it's like I don't like that. You know, if you throw me something like ah, no, no, it's a, it's like it's supposed to be about this, and I feel like you know, and whatever, but it's. That's all we're doing, man. We're just throwing ideas and there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just it's just yeah. you know, it's it's all about so, how um, you feel about it.
1: And not being married to anything You can't get emotional when you come come in, yeah. You know, it's like I'm there's a fifty percent chance when I throw out a line to you that you're gonna say, Nah and um as long as I'm mentally prepared for that and you're mentally prepared for that, then it goes well you know and usually what we're throwing out doesn't suck
0: no not at all and and more than more than half the time you know it's like fuck all right yeah sweet you know and you, okay what do we got you know we'll we'll i'll, I'll lay it down or you'll lay it down and we'll, we'll rewind it we'll say all right what do we got And we'll have a little listen you know playback and like fuck yeah it's awesome and then you're just happy that you did it
1: Yeah, it's it's really collabing with other people is just the way to go. I I stand behind it, not just because I want people to come do that with me, but even with my own band and my own record. It's I love what's been rad is even collaborating with more of the band. You know, like even like you said, like Donald got uh, more involved on on this last record. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he's always been involved. Um, but, you know, it's like when he just was like, let's do this. And <laughs> that's not how he comes in. But, you know, I mean, that's it. he was excited. Yeah. And, um, you know, working with excited band members and, and you know, like bringing in Nick, our keyboard player, was a game changer. Huge. He's, he's really good. You know, yeah, he's, he's just a machine. He was writing his own songs before that. And, that's great. Uh, so to. To get his mind in on it and jackson has become this gnarly writer um just from you know working when he came in and we started this band because he just had these sick riffs and i was like please tell me that you don't have words for that <laughs> 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 and like you're this is not like some project that you're already doing and whatever and he he was like dude i i can't write words to save my life and i was like yes and uh but that changed because he, he the more we wrote like now he's like bringing in whole songs and i'm like well damn i wouldn't really change much of anything on this let's let's cut it that's great and yeah i'm, I'm really proud of of him and, and the rest of my band too for all the all the time that they give they give cast out it's really it's something to be said and you guys you know are a lot of inspiration because that's that you know two of my guys are from Maryland, and that's what really got because I did that Daydreams record. That's why he was willing. I was like, if you're willing to put in this work, and you know we we could we could pitch to Wall Records, and we could we could get something done. And he was like, dude, I love Valley Who. Let's do this, and it's just been rad, man. It's, again, it's been wild ride.
0: Yeah. And like I said, the, <clears throat> the growth over the last couple of years for you guys, um, I feel has been really, really good. And there might be, there's definitely going to feel like moments of like where you you feel like you're plateauing or something, but <clears throat> that's just part of it. You know, it's like, it took us years to kind of get any sort of like, uh, to get put on the map, I guess. And, you guys you guys have have already kind of done that um I, and there's so much there's so much room to grow and uh, it's it's just fun to like see that and um and i think just like anything else it takes time and it just takes a lot of work which you've put in a lot of work already but it's going to take even more work and uh don't don't make it don't let it um get you down like when you feel like things aren't going the way you'd like it they will it's just like there's you know, it it, it it takes time, you know. And I think a lot of bands and a lot of new artists need to understand that coming up. It's not just going to happen. you got to get out there and really work your ass off um, and meet people and, you know, obviously put out good music. But uh always that's, be... That's step one. Yeah. That, that's the have, first part. Have a product. And, yeah. and even if it's not your best work at first, you have, to, you have to always be writing. Just keep writing and writing and writing. And eventually, you just never know, man. Shit can pop off. Walk Away is our biggest song ever. We're about to hit 15 million streams at Spotify alone. Just on Spotify. Amen. Right? And, <laughs> yeah, insane, right? And that song was never... I I, I remember specifically in 2010, I think, driving near my house somewhere and having that, girl, we just can't take much more. You know, you know, we make each other miserable. Like that line kept hitting me and I started building it out and then we finished it up at your studio and it was never like, this is going to be the biggest song. You never fucking know. I had no yeah. idea, right? And suddenly, and that song, we even tried that song at radio and it didn't do shit at radio but the fans love it man and it's still whatever quality it had um, it still remains that way today for new listeners it's like damn i just found this fucking band and, then, and like there's a screenshot it's there walk away you know what is it yeah. about that song well
1: what- i think it, it's everybody getting involved too at the shows you know it's the sing along part and the, you know you it's just a feel good tune and you feel good about something mm-hmm. bad that happened you know? Yeah. yeah uh, it's like a positive
0: uh, positive spin on something kind of negative but maybe not so negative I don't know.
1: yeah and if, if somebody who's just seen you at a show or you know it's like a a real big fish fan discovering you guys at a show and there's other people that already know the song and they chime in on the walk away part and then they the people take that home and then they go find that song and then the next time they're chiming in and it's it's been super cool to watch that grow. I remember I used to make videos on tour with you guys of that part because it was like that's when we knew it was working. And it was like we'd go all the way across the country, and people, you know, singing along. And it's just a it's a huge tune, and um, I'm really glad we got to got to make that happen, and I could help you finish it. Yeah, because yeah. It just, it just paves the way even if from one song to that. And, you know, it's a, it's always, I brag about that all the time. And I will forever.
0: <laughs> and I will continue <laughs> to do so until yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. Um We should maybe do that one time, like get together on a podcast episode in the future and like deconstruct a song, like any kind of big song. Not necessarily our songs, maybe even like the biggest songs. That we love yeah. you know, deconstruct the song, like why is this? why do I love this? why do many millions of people love this song? I think that'd be an interesting episode
1: I'm into that, yeah
0: um so uh we can uh we can wrap it up here, but what uh what's going on with the, with cashed out what do you guys got I know you're working on a new record uh, can you tell us anything about the record or what else is going on tours uh
1: well, the record we our riding. That's kind of our main goal right now. We just got off the road with K Bong um and Vonalia and we are we were going to go on tour with Sundried Vibes, but they decided to take a break from touring. I saw that. Um so, you know, everybody needs it at some point. Um it's, it's rough out but, there, man. Yeah, it's hard out there for a pimp, as they say. So <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh so that actually was, you know, we were ready to go and stoked to see our fans, but we could definitely use the time to write the record. So that's what we're doing now. It's our main focus. Uh, I know that Paul Leary is going to be mixing it. Sick. And yeah, so we're really excited about that. because great. You know, he did a great job with your girl's record. He's a good mixer, man. He's just, he's amazing, you know, from good his dude. work was sublime and being the guitarist of the butthole surfers. He's just, he's been around the block.
0: He has, and, he has
1: uh, rad stories. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even retell them. Like when I try to tell people who ask how that was hanging with him, I like will start to try to tell a story and I'm just like, all right, I can't because <laughs> there's the too effect. many weird details. Yeah, <laughs> That's the way he yeah. says things. The, yeah. His voice and all that's
0: just funny.
1: Yeah, he's he's a great dude. And I'm happy that he uh, is down to to mix our record. So we're going to just get it ready for him. And really, touring wise, we're just playing. We got some shows with Badfish still here in Florida, um, and just kind of playing the East Coast a little bit. And We're gonna hit it hard next year when our record is finished. Uh, Nothing that I can confirm or deny yet, but it's gonna happen. You'll see us out there.
0: Is it a Law Records album? Yes. Nice.
1: Yes, we. uh, I I could not be happier with that relationship. So, um, you know, just the, the Pepper Boys are just their family. And you know how it goes, and it's just, "I love those dudes, and it'll be hard not to put out a record with law records <laughs> <laughs> at, at this point, you know I, every band reaches that point where you you know maybe you start your own label mm-hmm. um, and i I'm not sure where it'll go you know when we when we reach that point, but right now we just we're loving the law life. And uh, none escape is what I've heard. None escape, yeah. It, the none escape the law tour was super fun, and I hope to do another one of those at some point. Um, but the, it really is what, what they're doing for the, the the reggae scene and the not so reggae scene It's just it's huge, and we love those dudes. I can't I can't say enough good things.
0: Yeah, they they are good dudes. They they took really good care of us um with the Daydreams record and it's, it's been an awesome relationship. <clears throat> I still talk to you, Saad um from time to time. And uh we just put out the vinyl we, we re-released the uh Daydreams record on vinyl. And um, Oh yeah, you got
1: to save me one of those. Oh, for I want sure. One for the wall.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um and uh yeah, pretty rad. But um everybody
1: should go get that.
0: Everybody should go get it final baby, um, well shit, Greg Shields. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show, man.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Shoot the shit. I hope I didn't get too distracted. No, happened. No,
0: no, no. It was it was good. <laughs> it was good. Um, I think people are gonna enjoy this this episode. Um, getting to know you a little bit, and uh, yeah, man. Um, well, it's great to hear uh, you're working on new records. Yes, I want to do a song with you. Um, and uh, let's definitely do some shows in 2019
1: I'm looking forward to all of that that's the way to go
0: <laughs> right on man well uh, I will talk to you soon
1: alright buddy thanks for having me thanks man alright peace Bye.
0: well 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 there you have it Greg Shields from Cashed Out uh, so good to have him um, five dicks everybody Five dicks. I have no idea where that came up. You know, you just talk and you say things. Uh, one of the more interesting pieces of the conversation. <laughs> uh, everybody go uh, check out Cashed Out. It's K-A-S-H-D. Out. Cashed Out. Uh, they're on all the socials, the Instagram, the, fa- the Facebook, the Twitters, you know, all that stuff. Um, check out the music, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. Uh bunch of good dudes. It was great to actually have a conversation with Greg about his his career so far, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you again real soon.